Welcome to the Dr. Living Good Podcast, which exists to equip you with real health solutions to make health simple. Let's talk five food principles for helping prevent and heal from cancer. In the last couple of years, I've lost a couple of family members from cancer, an aunt and my grandfather. So I've seen what it does to a family, had another aunt that had it. Luckily, she beat it and then clinically ran into a lot of patients that went through this scenario or had a family member where they would reach out or call from across the country and need help. Certainly, if you are in the middle of cancer, you want to be working with your doctors and, you know, I'm not replacing medical advice for that condition. If you're looking for alternative solutions, there's great clinics like the Oasis of Healing in Arizona if you're in the middle of cancer to try to get alternatives. However, there's a lot that you can start right now in preventing it. And then if you are in the middle of it or you're recovering from it or you previously had it, five main principles I wanna cover with you today that are extremely important. Many Nobel Prizes won off these principles and things that you should be implementing immediately. So let's go to number one. The number one factor, I believe, in staving off cancer and then starving cancer cells in our body is gonna be this first one of fasting. Now, inside of your cells and inside your body right now, you have cancer cells. So at any given moment, you have cancer inside of you. It's an abnormal cell that will not die. And that's a concept of like, what, I have cancer cells? Yes, we all do. In fact, you've beat stage four cancer several times, something that's starting to metastasize, your body's immune system strengthens, and then it suppresses it. Now, something you can be doing significantly to enhance this situation is fasting. Fasting is the fastest way to get your body into autophagy. Autophagy, you can simply, big word, hard to say, is just recycling in your body. You see, every single day you have to produce new raw materials, new cells. Remember, cancer cell is an abnormal cell that does not die. We have to get materials to make those, like the lumber yard. So your body every day has to go to work and has to take the trucks to the lumber yard and get the materials. Well, we are constantly feeding the lumber yard. Now, some of us was way worse foods than others. We're gonna talk about that in a moment, that what you feed the lumber yard, the material you put in, you're asking for a poor building, a poor cell. Now, with the lumberyard analogy though, if you stopped feeding it, if there was no deliveries of new lumber into the lumberyard, and you were just taking all the material that was there, if the lumberyard, I remember the construction worker here, as I grew up a kid in Iowa, I worked a lot of construction, there was a time when the lumberyard was running out. They didn't have the materials anymore. And this is dicey. I mean, you started getting creative. You started, certain boards weren't available, so you had to make shift one board into another. So your body does the exact same thing. It will start getting crafty or it will start recycling. And what it does is it goes into autophagy mode, which means I've got to go elsewhere here to find the material that I need in order to build this building. So it will break down old cells. It will break down virus particles. It will break down remnants of bacterias and waste inside the system. It will break down areas of excess skin. It will start to attack areas of abnormal cells, cancer cells, because it knows it needs those materials. So it's gonna use all of its energy to provide the materials. So autophagy will get you in a mode of starting to clean up the system and use the excess and start burning up the waste and cleaning out the microbes and the viruses. A lot of these things are tied into cancers. So you put your body into that by fasting. Now you could just start with a simple low carbohydrate approach, work your way into a 16 hour rule where you literally will not eat lunch until noon. And then you could work your way to a dinner at six o'clock and maybe you only eat during six hours. And then you wait that 16 to 18 hours 
hours again before you would eat again. Or you can go OMAD, which is one meal a day, and then you can work your way all the way up to rotational fasting. We have other videos posted below here for you to be able to help you with rotational fasting and understanding how to get your body into autophagy. Number two, what you eat matters sugar. Sugar. In fact, when you try to identify cancer, this is an interesting fact, and you look, heaven forbid you ever have to get one of these, the test you get at the hospital is called a PET scan, P-E-T. In a PET scan, you either drink or they'll inject a sugary liquid with radioisotopes attached. They'll let you wait in the waiting room for a little while, then they'll bring you back for the test. They're giving the body enough time to absorb the sugars, and the thing that eats the most sugar inside the body would be a cancer cell. Most of the time, not every single type of cancer, but most of them are gonna absorb that quickly. However, there's a radioisotope attached. So the cancer eats the sugar, they radiate you, they can see the cancer. Proving cancer eats what? Sugar, so stop its food source and you'll start to kill it off. Sugar is number two. Fasting goes along with that well. Now, sugar is going to put you into more of a different energy burning state and you're gonna be burning unclean, which is why fasting is important, why sugar is important, but then it also is going to throw off your pH. pH is number three. In fact, Otto Warburg, back in the early 1900s, won the Nobel Peace Prize for his work showing that the commonality between most cancer cells is they cannot survive in a alkaline environment. That means if your environment is acidic, cancer loves that. Very little oxygen, the nutrients are less, it likes to thrive in an acidic environment. So he won the Nobel Peace Prize showing how it processes energy, how it eats the sugar, how it creates more of an acidic environment, and that's what it thrives in. So if principle says, if we wanna to move towards an anti-cancer lifestyle, if we're in the middle of cancer, then we wanna get our body more of a pH. Now, when you look at a pH scale, zero is going to be one end, 14 is on the other. You are right in the middle as a human being, right about the seven mark. Now, if you go below seven, that's gonna be acidic. If you go above seven, that's gonna be more alkaline. Fruits, vegetables, fermented foods, these are going to be your friends on the alkaline side, traditionally. And even how you metabolize some of these foods, like lemons start off acidic on the outside, but end up alkaline on the inside. The other directions, processed foods, sugars, coffees, sodas, those are gonna be more, most of the time, on the acidic side. So everything that goes into your mouth, you're thinking, is this gonna make me more acidic and feed the cancer? or is it gonna make me more alkaline and pull me out of a cancer-causing environment? Now, along those same lines with Otto Warmberg, number four I wanted to talk about, is he found that not only does cancer thrive in an alkaline environment, that goes hand in hand with the oxygenation of the environment. Cancer can't survive in an oxygenated environment most of the time, which means the more oxygen you get into your system, the more anti-cancer you are, which brings me to a non-eating, non-food principle, but we have to move, but how you move matters. To drive the most oxygen into your body, research shows, in especially the shortest amount of time without putting stress on your system, a high-intensity, short-duration workout. We call them 10-minute workouts. There's several videos on here that can help you with that and resources that we have to get you going in 10 minutes a day from your home. You don't have to go long, but you need to go intense. And the more intense you are, the harder you breathe, the more fat you burn, but you're also in more of a cancer-fighting environment because you're not only enhancing the alkalinity of it, you're driving oxygen into those cells. Cancer does not like that. So we gotta move. Especially if you're in the middle of chemotherapy, there's solid research. Prominent universities near where I am right now, Duke University, showed that movement during chemotherapy 
any type, just gently riding a bike, walking, any kind of movement that you can get greatly increase the success of the chemotherapy. So we got to move before, after, during. All right. And then finally, number five, very simple nutrient, arguably one of the most important for multiple types of cancers, vitamin D. Now, this chart right here breaks down and shows you exactly what I'm referencing when I refer to vitamin D. Now, we're talking about vitamin D3, and it shows that they took a compilation of all the different types of cancers and a couple other chronic conditions, and they found if you can get your blood levels of vitamin D3 high enough, they saw the incidence of cancer lowering more and more and more. And these are the most prominent cancers that we have. I'm talking about breast cancer. If your level of blood level of vitamin D3 can be above 50, then you can have an, a potentially up to an 83% reduction in your cancer risk. Colon cancer, same thing, above 50, 60% reduction in colon cancer risks. This goes for ovarian cancer, lymphomas. It also talks about multiple sclerosis and diabetes, type 1, heart attacks, kidney cancers, endometrial cancer, just by getting that one number above 50, below 100. Somewhere between 50 and 100 is your ideal point to lower it. So what a fantastic source of a vitamin to be getting in to really enhance your body's ability to be able to prevent cancer and hopefully pull you out of it in the first place. Now you can get this. Eggs are a decent source of vitamin D3. Certain fishes and meats are gonna have vitamin D3 in them. Nothing replaces the sun. So if you are dealing with cancer, I highly recommend getting some exposure 20 minutes a day of sunshine in, in the summertime. But if you can't, then you need to supplement with it. If you are gonna supplement, it must be D3 and it must be taken with prominent minerals and vitamins to help support it so it doesn't do any damage to your body. So. There's your five steps for proven food principles for helping prevent and heal from cancer. Love for you to comment below. Let me know what you thought of the video. Like and follow the page. And if you need more help with this concept, especially number five, vitamin D, I recommend people stop taking vitamin D3 until they understand this video. And I put it right here for you. Hey, it's Dr. Livingett here. Thank you so much for listening today. If you found this episode helpful, it would mean the world to me to please leave a positive rating and a review. That way we can continue to get this message out to help people all over the world experience real health. See you next time.